Welcome to another edition of Next in Line, part of the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Once again, your host for this evening or morning or daily commute, whatever you're listening to it right now, Adam Mendelovitz, here to come with a cornucopia of uh, Academy and other related news. A couple weeks ago, the MLS Next Flex Tournament happened for DC United and several other academy teams across the country. Apparently, this took place at the Maryland Soccerplex. Apple even streamed uh, multiple matches on their streaming service. I don't know if you had to pay the extra season pass to see them or if they were included as part of the package already, but uh, it's a moot point because none of them included uh, any of the DC United Academy teams. Happy to report that the U-17s for DC United came out on top of their group. That included Atlanta United, Ballistic United out of Pleasanton, California. Cool name, by the way. Ballistic United. And LA Surf SC. And with their victory in this group, in the tournament, the DC United U-17s will be going on to the playoffs to fight for the MLS Next Cup, hoping to... uh, I want to say repeat because the U16s, they won it that previous year and they got folded into the U17s under MLS Next's whole realignment. Anyway, as for the U15s, they came close in a group that included uh, LAFC, San Jose Quakes U15s, and Vardar Academy in Michigan. They came close, but came in second under LAFC according to the standings published on the site. Having said that, Patrick Okama believes that they qualified for the MLS Next Cup playoffs, but uh, I was unable to confirm from MLS Next itself if that is so, and they have not yet published a uh, full reckoning of who's in the cup playoffs for MLS Next. All I know is from their social media, who won in the multiple groups. I will say it is confirmed that DC United U-17s are in the cup, and hopefully the U-15s are joining them. Other U-17 sides from the area, uh, for those who are interested, includes uh, Bethesda SC that came on top in Group K, and Baltimore Armor in Group O. So congratulations to those uh, local academy teams, and Hope to uh, see them succeed, though not against uh, DC United's uh, U-17s. <laughs> In other news, uh, thanks very much to Angus and Don and the rest of the crew of Buzzard Point Social, who unexpectedly uh, had the time to talk with uh, Patrick Okama. And uh, they allowed me to view their notes. So there's some interesting news emerging from the Academy as a whole. First off, uh, confirmation yet again. I've probably hinted at it in previous episodes, but confirmation that DC United is actively setting up a MLS Next Pro, a DC2 team, separate from Loudoun United, though the logistics are still being sorted out. They would not uh, 
confirm if this is at the Baltimore site, if it would do a timeshare at Segra or Audi Field or somewhere else entirely, though I wouldn't be surprised if this is the team that will inhabit the Baltimore site, assuming that all the funding and building goes through. The DC Academy will have a U-19 and, well, not quite new, but a U-23 team as well. The U-19 team is expected to debut next year, and they will be playing in the uh, UPSL, a fourth-tier soccer league, kind of semi-professional as far as the U.S. Soccer Federation pyramid goes. And this team will be... uh, directly connected to the uh, DC United Academy system, which means that the teams should be free. I believe they'll be free to attend whenever they announce where their games are being held and hopefully free to try out with them as well for those in the U19 age bracket. Meanwhile, the U23 team, they've uh, appeared on and off in recent years. Turns out that they are at least in their current formation, the DCU-23 team is more like a summer league soccer-type deal. They're not officially run by DC United's academy system. Apparently, they are run out of a separate private academy, but they are allowed to use DC's branding, and they are mostly focused on uh, former academy players in college and... uh, other academy graduates who are trying to keep themselves in shape during the offseason, either for another round of soccer or to get a good look at a pro team elsewhere. One thing that Okama stressed in this meeting is that those who are not in the plans for DC United's first team or other local pro teams, he, he um, tries to get them looks at college showcases and other similar events because it's part of their philosophy in the DC United Academy. Even if they don't have a future with the DC first team specifically, that it's important that the kids and their families know that they're being looked after, even if it's just to get into a good college or a different pro team or semi-pro team. I guess that's an indirect response to a to a topic that I brought up previously. The pipeline is not closing down for those kids and the parents of those kids who are worried about that happening. It's being realigned, but it's not being taken down. It's not shutting off. So that even if their future does not lie with DC United, that they're still being given a chance to prosper, whether that's at college or whether that's playing soccer on another team. So hopefully that alleviates some concerns that those of you in the crowd might have had. As for the current academy teams, the U-17s and U-15s played at Segra on May 20th against their uh, counterparts uh, from Charlotte FC. The uh, U-17s tied 1-1, while the U-15s lost 1-3. Having said that, there were some highlights to speak of. I know, I should sound a little more excited, shouldn't I? (laughs) Just the way my pitch is, I guess. 
For starters, Gabriel Cosio, wearing number seven, scored a goal within the first five minutes of the match. Barely had time to take my seat on the at Segre Field before he managed to put one past uh, Charlotte's goalkeeper. Adrian Burry, uh, wearing 46, uh, forward from currently at uh, Broad Run High School. He uh, had a lot of good looks, but also seemed to be uh, losing his temper partway through the game, and that uh, resulted in a few missed shots and a yellow card before he was finally subbed off. But he was getting closer throughout that game. But the biggest surprise was seeing uh, Gavin Turner finally out of his cast and uh, running around on the field with the other U-17s. In fact, uh, near the end of the game, he almost got the winning goal off a header, but it was washed out for another player committing a foul in the box, which was uh, a bit of a shame, but it was nice to see him running around. Almost didn't recognize him because he was wearing the number 11. And even after the uh, U-17s finished up, he stood he stood uh, on the outskirts of Segre Field uh, trying to uh, do a little bit of a cheering section with a couple other uh, U-17 players uh, sitting on one of the tables as the U-15s took the field. Really got a, I really loved that uh, solidarity you're seeing with, uh, with the academy kids uh, between the age groups. Hope you get to see it continue. I got a sunburn to bring you that very brief uh, recap, so hopefully y'all enjoy it. June 4th, the uh, Academy will play its final game of the season. The U-15s and U-17s will be playing uh, at 10 a.m. and noon against uh, against uh, Club Foot Montreal at Segra. Hope to see y'all there. I know Gavin Turner was... Uh, Hoping that we'd get one of the D.C. Uh, Screaming Eagles or some other supporters group there. As I said before, matches are free to attend. Just show up. Bring a snack if you want. Don't make an ass of yourself. Support the kids. And uh, they definitely appreciate it. Especially uh, as they prepare for their MLS Next playoffs. Also a bit of other uh, late-breaking news. For those of you who follow uh, women's soccer, and I guess why wouldn't you if you're listening to this podcast or Kindred Spirits uh, elsewhere on the RFK uh, Refugees Podcast Network, but uh, the USL has announced a new Super League. Despite the generic name, it's a upcoming women's league that they're creating, hoping to get D1 status on the women's side of the U.S. soccer pyramid as opposed to their USLW side that is, I believe, just uh, Division Two, Though there is a Northern Virginia team, but uh, that's another story. Anyways, the reason that I bring this up here is that uh, Greg Baroni, the current uh, owner of Attain Sports Entertainment Group that owns uh, Loud and United, is announced as the owner for the Washington, D.C., uh, USL Super League team to be named later and is one of the inaugural 10 or 12 teams that will be playing. It's intending to kick off August of 2024. And also, on a related note, DC United is going to be a minority shareholder in this currently unnamed Washington, DC Women's Super League team. 
Now, this is interesting because Washington already has a Division I women's league team in the Washington spirit. In fact, they're pretty good. Management uh, shenanigans and controversies notwithstanding. So, not entirely sure why they'd hold a minority stake in this new women's team, whether they'd seek to compete directly with the spirit, whether they'd prefer to, uh, whether they'd play at Segra Field and cede uh, Audi to the spirit, or if it would be somewhere else entirely. My speculation slash wild-ass guess is that uh, it's part of the ongoing proxy war that the USL is in trying to wrest some ground away from the MLS and uh, currently sit in their high perch in the U.S. Soccer Federation. Whether this league will succeed with the NWSL already there, I couldn't tell you. But considering that uh, it's the same ownership group that owns the uh, Loudoun United, wish them the best of luck. Finally, uh, a little bit of shout-outs to some uh, local graduates. You got uh, Brian Chavez, who attacking mid from Springfield's Youth Academy. Got a few minutes on the field with uh, Loudoun United and a handful of games on the bench. Hoping he uh, has a better experience next time when he's called upon to take the field. I didn't have him on my radar before, so I don't have much to say about him at this time, but, you know, hope we see some good things from him. Elsewhere, uh, debuting for uh, Northern Virginia FC, got a couple of uh, former Loudoun players and former DC United Academy players. Uh, Owen Walls, a defender who's currently playing with the University of Virginia, had eight appearances and even one goal for Loudoun. And in midfield, uh, Matthias Johannes, who's currently studying at the University of Kentucky, had uh, five appearances for Loudoun. And uh, though not specifically Loudoun-related, Emre Deniz, a Turkish forward who's currently studying at uh, West Virginia Wesleyan. He went through uh, Rock Ridge High School in Ashburn and is their career scoring leader with uh, 33 goals. So. That's just a small sample of what the academy kids can hope to aspire to as they work their way through the pipeline to the pros if they decide that soccer is what they want to do with their adult lives. And uh, wish the best for all of them. Anyway, that's been the Academy News Roundup. Uh, hope to see you all at one of the June 4th matches against uh, Montreal's academy teams or... If they make the playoffs, hopefully we get some information about that soon. In any case, this has been another episode of uh, Next in Line, part of the RFK Refugees Network. My name is Adam Indelovitz, and as always, stay loud and united!